The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrook. Welcome to Storybrook Weekly Mirror, the unofficial once upon a time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, September 29th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and rating. So I want to welcome my fantastic team of co-hosts, a mix of veterans and newbies. So this time around, I want to allow the listeners, all of you, to get to know not only our vets, but also our newbies. So as I introduce my co-hosts, I'd like for my co-hosts to basically let the listeners know who their favorite character is on Once Upon a Time and why. So I'd like to introduce Katie Cat. Hello, guys. Um, if you don't know, my favorite uh, person on the show is Emma Swan. Um, I don't dun, know. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know um, why exactly. I can't pin it, but um, I just love her. I've loved her since day one. Um, she's a character who, from season one, we had to kind of get to know her and um, why she has so many walls up and I think those characters are the most interesting um, in my opinion both to see on TV and to write and um, I just love getting to know her throughout these seasons so there you go (laughs) Katie you are the Emma of our show (laughs) she is (laughs) for real that's that's awesome hopefully I don't go dark on y'all (laughs) Exactly. Now I'm scared. Speaking of the dark one, Ava Stark. Hey, everyone. So my favorite character is Rumpelstiltskin because he's just awesome. And um, by awesome, I mean he... He's, he's, I think, the only complex character on the show who has multiple layers to his character. And he's my boo. And Robert (laughs) Carlyle. Come on. Robert freaking Carlisle. Your boo thing. My boo thing. <laughs> Next up, a newbie to the show, Ashley Michelle. Hi guys, I'm Ashley, and my favorite character happens to be Regina. I have loved her character arc since season one, from her going from being the evil queen, becoming now, as we find out, the next savior. And how I have a lot of respect for her, especially since I see her as the only person here who has done everything she can to get what she wants, no matter the cost. I love Ashley already. 
<laughs> I knew it. <laughs> She's the new favorite. Dang it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Katie. Or was it Ava? We'll never know. Oh. <laughs> and our last newbie at a new addition to the show, Pimenta. Hello, guys. I'm Pimenta. And uh, I think that in this particular case, I'm going to agree with Ashley and say that my favorite character is also Regina. Um, now, I think that Regina is a character that has made an incredible journey since season one. She, We have seen her in, in total evil uh, a total evil personality by her and um, now we are entering season five and she has become it has taken her five years to become a real hero a true savior now and in the course of this journey she has found love she she has fixed her relationship with her son with snow i'm very proud of regina and I'm also very captivated by Lana's portrayal, so yes, that would be my favorite character. Oh no, another well. co-host after my own heart. Good grief. Why did you have to go and bring... We had brought two Regina lovers, <laughs> and that was... That Actually, was it's better, because last, uh, last season... Last season, I was, was kind of in. It was all Captain Swan, and I was like, yes. oh my god, oh my god. It was the best season. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Poppy Chulo, I'm going to fight you for Pimenta, because right now she's taking my heart. Oh, good grief. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we will have a duel at sundown. Just Katie, we have each other. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's just, you know, hold on to each other. You can I mean, be my guide. Remember, fun. you're my guide. All right. Right, right. Stop trying to I... make me do bad things, though. Oh, that is true. That is kind of funny in a creepy way. Okay, well, as if the listeners don't know, uh, I mean, I am Poppy Chulo. I am the creator of the show. I gathered uh, my wonderful angels together to uh, discuss uh, this uh, fantastic show. And my favorite character is Regina, for all the reasons that Ashley and Pimenta just said. I mean, Lana has been phenomenal in the role since the beginning. I mean, from that first scene, you know, if it's the last thing I do, to now. I mean, she has just been fantastic, you know, from being pure evil to sort of like wafting in between of like fighting, you know, should I be good, should I be bad, to embracing uh, the light magic in her. So for all those reasons, Regina is my favorite. Although I do enjoy some of the like lesser scene characters as uh, Ava and uh, Katie both know. I love Granny for some strange reason. Shout out to Granny. And uh, so, uh, you know, but for the most part, Regina is my heart. Love Regina. So let's dive into our recap of episode 501, which was titled The Dark Swan and aired September 27th, 2015. So here's the official synopsis of the episode. Immediately after becoming the Dark One, Emma disappears and the heroes must band together to save her. But first, they have to find her, which will require the help of an unlikely ally, 
Meanwhile, in the Enchanted Forest, Emma struggles to resist her dark urges as she searches for Merlin in the hope that she can stop her transformation. Along the way to Camelot, she gets help from the plucky and brave warrior princess Merida, as well as King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. So, uh, without getting too deep into the episode, I want to get everyone's initial reaction. So, once the episode ended, what were your thoughts? Your, you know, just a brief couple statements on your thoughts of the episode as a whole. And we'll start off with Katie. Um, well, I really liked it. I thought there were, I wish that it had been two hours so it could have fleshed out some things a little bit more because I felt like it was a little bit uh, rushed. But I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing our core cast back and um, they all interacted so well. And I just, I really liked it. And I'm, Definitely looking forward to more. Ava? Um, I thought it was an okay episode. I, um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to say, but it was... it was a, Like Katie said, I think if it was more than 40 minutes long, I think it w- we would have gotten more answers and not just... It was... I don't know. I liked it. Can't complain. Ashley. I am very much a Captain Swan person. And this episode for me gave me gave me a lot of hope and a lot of um, expectation of what the first season is going to be, especially revolving around Emma and her relationships. And my favorite part of this entire episode was when she just fell into Hook's arms and Rumpelstiltskin disappeared behind her. And how Hook and everyone around her is just going to help her get over this darkness so that she doesn't succumb to it. And Pimenta. Well, um, I'm going to agree with uh, Katie and say that I definitely think that had it been two hours, it would have been much better. In the sense that we saw a lot of Emma's struggle, which is actually natural, we needed that struggle, but I think that I would have done with more time uh, devoted to the people in Storybrooke and their efforts to get to Emma maybe a little bit more dialogue between them. I think that it was, some things were definitely rushed, but um, all in all, it was a solid episode. Just, I don't think it, um, it really made such an impression as previous uh, premieres to me, but it was okay. It was okay as an episode, I think. We have a mixed bag of uh, opinions, which is good, right, Katie? Oh, yes. Yes. I enjoyed the episode for the most part. I thought it was a fun episode. I always like seeing our core group of people, as well as some of the uh, sort of tertiary characters like Granny and Grumpy interacting with one another and, you know, trying to save the day. So that was awesome. I enjoyed the introduction of our mysterious character, which we will be talking about in a little bit. And... Overall, it was really good. I I was entertained. There was one thing that I didn't like, 
which we'll be discussing later on. I had one gripe throughout the entire episode, uh, which Katie already knows, and she disagrees, which is fine. <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if we can get some of the newbies to agree with me. Who knows? No, don't do it. Don't go down that <laughs> road. <laughs> Hush, Katie. I have not even introduced my my ships to them. Oh. <laughs> oh. Don't do not. <laughs> Newbies, I have invented ships, and uh, I will introduce them to you soon. I'll surprise <laughs> you, Never. and I'll surprise Katie as well. Oh Lord! I look forward to it. <laughs> yes. So Ava liked them, right? I did. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Katie's a hater, but what can you do? I am. Yes. <laughs> so let's jump into. All right, now, Wait, go ahead. I I I'm very curious now. Okay, well I'll give you one episode. of them. I'll give you the original. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. It. The original no, no, is the it, best one. Oh god. Empedo. Emma and Geppetto are true love. Oh god. <laughs> You can hashtag it. There's a meme as well. I'll have oh to find the meme. God. Poor no. Marco. Or you should say poor Emma. No, right? Yes. No, because Emma is the dark one. His oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's why they have to kiss, so that the darkness can disappear. What? True what love's kiss. She her boyfriend. No, she's going to kill her boyfriend. So... Uh, goodbye, Impetto. <laughs> you're gonna leave. You're gonna shit. leave Geppetto fatherless, Katie. I see how you are. Geppetto. I mean, you're gonna leave Pinocchio fatherless. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He's a grown man. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. For now. Could you imagine? He's a grown-up man for now, at least until that shady blue fairy comes back to the picture. You leave my blue alone. Kids. She's not shady. She's he very likes nice. Blue. She's shady. I like blue. Katie hates blue. I like blue too, but she's shady. So shady. She's nice. I like blue. I approve of blue. So let's get into the actual episode. So the first scene in the episode is a flashback. We're flashed back to Minneapolis, Minnesota, 1989. It's a movie theater. We have young Emma with a bunch of her foster brethren and sisterin showing up to the movies to see an encore showing of the sword in the stone now i thought this was kind of weird because she seemed to enter the movie theater like when the movie's like halfway done which and it took her like 20 minutes to steal that candy because by the time the mysterious stranger's talking to her like they're already pulling the sword out of the stone and that's like the end of the movie but that's neither here nor there <laughs> it's it's tv magic i guess but uh, yeah. we learn a couple of really interesting things in this opening scene First up, this mysterious stranger who uh, tells Emma, don't do it. And then he says to her, when you do something that you're not supposed to do, even if you're doing them for the right reasons, bad things will happen. And then uh, he also tells her that at some point in time, Emma will have the opportunity to remove Excalibur from its stone, but he warns her not to touch it. And then he disappears. What did uh, everyone think of this opening scene, especially since it kind of weaves into the mythology of the, the show? Because uh, this 
scene takes place with Emma being very young, you know, one of the youngest that we've seen of Emma besides her as a baby. So, Katie, what did you think of the opening scene and uh, the uh, warnings from the mysterious stranger? Well, mysterious stranger indeed. I think we, you know... Well, uh, we all know he's Merlin. But, you know... (laughs) It was... I thought it was a great scene. Um, I have been wanting a uh, young Emma scene for a while. Um, Not necessarily in this setting, but I thought it was great. Um, It kind of throws back to the fact that she is a thief even back then. Um, Even though it took her a lot longer, apparently. (laughs) But... um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was kind of a little creepy. This guy just randomly walks up and is like telling her, uh, don't pull the sword out of the stone. And she's like, I'm like eight years old, but okay. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good setup for um, the future. And I'm interested to see more of this guy later on. So there you go. Ava, did you at all think that maybe Emma becoming the Dark One might have been sort of a um, a figurative way of her pulling Excalibur from its stone? Since we end up finding out in a later scene that the Dark One's dagger is a part of Excalibur. So do you think that she fulfilled that or she went against that warning by becoming the Dark One? Do you think it's at all related to the warning? Or do you think eventually she'll get a chance to pull Excalibur from its stone regardless? I think Emma broke the um, the prophecy because um, Merlin sort of warns her saying that do not take the Excalibur out of the stone. Because um, I think his main reason was to keep the darkness, I guess, out. Uh, because the Dark One is bigger than what we think it is that's why it's only um half of this uh the sword is in control of it so i think yeah emma broke the prophecy and then i don't know how is she going to fix that because she was not supposed to become the dark one that's the whole point of merlin telling her when she was a kid because she's not supposed to take the sword out and uh I don't know if it's going to happen again as the Dark One. We don't know. I don't know. I want to get the newbies' uh, reaction to that. Do you guys think that Emma becoming the Dark One sort of went against what Merlin warned her about as far as the Dark One's dagger being a part of Excalibur and her sort of uh, now being, uh, you know, even though she's not necessarily in possession possession of the dagger, she is now being controlled by the dagger. What do you think, Ashley? I have a different uh, take on how I see it coming out than you, Ava. I um, actually think that maybe that prophecy has to do with when and if they recombine Excalibur and the dagger together, that maybe Excalibur will end up back in the stone. Something may go on there, and I think that prophecy is from her taking Excalibur after all the darkness has already been destroyed. 
So I see what you're saying. So basically, that would be the only way for Emma to survive this darkness, to take the dark one out of herself without actually stabbing someone and passing it on or something, or getting stabbed? Exactly, right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Pimenta, what are your thoughts, just in general, on the dagger, Excalibur, and Emma? I really like that twist. I was actually very... Uh, I got very enthusiastic when I saw that the, the Excalibur was uh, cut in half. I immediately realized that its ending was a dagger because of the markings on the sword. Um, I think it's a very... A clever uh, idea that this one that the writers uh, had to make the dagger part of the Excalibur and I definitely believe that uh, this sword is going to play an important part uh, into the Dark One's origins and quite probably into the whole process of, um, take, of the, taking the darkness uh, out of Emma or maybe restraining it in general. I think it's going to be a very big part of it. A lot of great theories. So the immediate scene following that is in Camelot. We don't know when it takes place, but obviously it has to take place prior to Lancelot's banishment. If we remember in a season two episode, we were introduced to Lancelot via a uh, Charming's flashback, a snowing flashback. And uh, when we're introduced to him, basically he introduces himself as one of the knights, you know, that has been banished from Camelot and blah, 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 blah. So this has to have taken place before then because we see Lancelot and the knights arrive at a location where Excalibur is supposed to be. And uh, we see Sir Kay, shout out to the original Disney, you know, film the sword and stone because they actually they there was a line when they were watching the movie saying sir k and then we see actually sir k arriving and trying to pull the sword out and then he gets disintegrated into ash and then arthur proceeds you know because it was prophesized by merlin that he's supposed to he pulls it out and the tip of the sword is missing which is what we've been discussing you know it's part it's that tip is uh the dark one's dagger and so uh arthur's new quest he says to the knights is that you know he's like i'm gonna take the throne no matter what no one's gonna know there's a missing piece and our quest is to find this missing piece uh, so uh katie i know that you're a huge fan of like you know camelot and you know arthurian tales what did you think of uh the dagger being a part of uh, Excalibur, and uh, are you looking forward to seeing, you know, Arthur trying to find, uh, you know, that that piece of the sword and trying to put it together? I really liked it. Um, I honestly did not see that twist coming at all. That was kind of one of the biggest surprises of the entire episode to me. Um, and I don't know, it just fit in so well. You know, we've all kind of been wondering where this dagger has come from, um, and it explained it so well. Um, and they tied it into Camelot um, incredibly well. Because um, uh, I was kind of wondering, you know, how are they going to tie Camelot in? And they did it in such a way that's uh, so great. Um, and I don't, I'm, yeah, I'm still curious about. Uh, Arthur's, you know, 
uh, quest. I think he's a little suspicious to me, but um, I'm really excited to see what happens from here. Yeah, speaking of shady people, Arthur was very shady, so I would not be surprised if on this show where we've seen Peter Pan be a villain, that King Arthur was a villain. That would be interesting to see. Sure he is. Yeah. So let's talk about Storybrooke and focus on what was happening in Storybrooke in this episode. We picked up basically moments after the uh, season finale. You know, once Emma had disappeared, she got sucked up by all the darkness goo and, and whatnot. And in Storybrooke, we, uh, we learned a couple of things. First up, Emma is not in our world, so she could not be summoned by the dagger. And we learned from a uh, very weak and practically dying apprentice almost dead apprentice that he was provided with a wand from merlin you know once he started to become merlin's apprentice and basically the wand can open up a portal but it will need light magic as well as dark magic to conjure up the portal it has to be wielded by two sides of the coin the light and the dark he said as he uh, died aw rest in peace apprentice we hardly knew you and we wish you would have stuck around a little bit longer because you probably knew a lot of stuff that we need to know but that's you know neither here nor there right uh, ava very true Yes. So Regina tries to cast it. She can't. She's too good. And so they immediately think of someone wicked. And uh, they try to get Zelina to help. (laughs) Basically, she says no. And uh, then, you know, they... They, they try to find some other way, and, and Hook and um, Henry decide to go and try to, I don't know, I guess reason with a wicked person. Zelina ends up chopping off chopping off her hand and taking off the magic anti-magic bracelet, and she poofs out of there. And basically is like, screw you. So, um... Uh. basically yes and so, uh, you know, they end up, uh, you know, once you know, the other side of, of, of the group sort of finds out what happened they figure out what Zelina's gonna do Zelina as Regina basically kidnaps Robin Hood and and, and threatens uh, everyone that you know if I can't have the wand Robin Hood will die and all this stuff and so Regina ends up giving her the wand and she conjures up uh, I guess the only portal that she knows how to make which is a twister and she's like I'm gonna go back to Oz and yada 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 and uh, then uh you know, Regina basically had used, uh, you know, a form of manipulation on her sister because uh, she's like, you know, we're going to hijack this portal. And she cuffs her again. They all head into Granny's because I guess they knew that the portal was going to head to Granny's. I don't know. But uh, they they use Emma's birth uh, blanket her baby blanket and uh, you know she spins around uh, the wand she touches the blanket and that blank that um, sort of certified them in their journey to find Emma and then the twister 
picks them up and sends them off to a faraway land. So let's talk about Storybrooke in general. What was everyone's sort of thoughts on what happened in particular in Storybrooke as uh, they were ready to get whisked away to save Emma and our little group of Storybrooke Avengers sort of formed with uh, our main group as well as... Uh, Zelina, Granny, Grumpy, Doc, I believe, was there. Happy was there, right? Yeah, all the seven yes. dwarves. Not all the Six seven dwarves. Them. It seemed like only three of the dwarves, right? What? I think so. There's yeah. four, right? Three, three, three or, or four. four. Who knows? Half, half a yeah. dwarf. Half, half, half the dwarves. <laughs> so, just generally speaking about Storybrooke, what was everyone's thoughts? Ava, what did you think of the Storybrooke section? I... Honestly, Regina saved that scene. Um, I am sort of tired of Zelina because she's a plot device, but Regina is obviously my second favorite character, so I just love the twist she um, she took with uh, Zelina, how she actually let her take in control, let her be in control, but not really. So that was really good. Um, <clears throat> I think it was ridiculous, kind of like, to take everyone with them with grannies with the actual little restaurant grannies so it's like uh no you can only regina charmings can go and the rest can stay in storybrook so no we need granny she's gotta <laughs> make sloppy joes and stuff and meatloaf <laughs> lasagna true right yeah but Her lasagna yeah. is the bomb yeah basically like that i think if it was just the three of them with hook um it would have made sense, but I guess they just wanted more drama. Well, I think also, let me know, I think we, as fans in general, typically sort of bitch at the writers whenever it is like a small little group that makes a journey someplace else. I think one of the major problems of season two that a lot of the fans had was that it was just Emma and Snow that traveled to another land and then like we have all these other people left in Storybrooke that are kind of like twiddling their thumbs waiting for their people to return. So I, I thought it was kind of neat how they took sort of like the same group that went to Neverland but they added a couple of uh, fan favorites or at least you know recurring characters that have been there from the beginning that haven't really had the chance to be in the spotlight in a while because if you think about it, in the flashbacks at least in the first season granny and uh and grumpy and uh, a couple of the dwarves were like always in it you know they were part of that uh, council and and things of that nature so uh, they were sort of integral integral in the beginning so it's nice to see them back in action uh, what did you think of the storybook scenes ashley um well, I'm sorry, Ava, but um, for I didn't really have a lot of interest in the Rumpelstiltskin and Belle scenes that happened in Storybrooke. I'm kind of over that. I feel like they've been dragging that on and on and on now, and now that she has this rose, that now she can watch over Rumpel when, even when she's far away, that it's just, it's, I'm losing it, you know? But um, I appreciated the Hook and the Henry scenes that now we have... Emma's two men getting together and fighting for the woman of that they love the most. And all that. I'm happy that the dwarves are finally back in. I love the dwarves too. 
So now that they're going to be a part of this adventure in Camelot, I'm excited for that. So I agree with you with bringing more of the old council and all the storybook characters that kind of just sit there a lot. That was great of them. Yeah, Grumpy was like, we're part of the action now, sister. You know, it's been a while since we've done some adventuring. Right, Katie? It's been a long time. <laughs> yes. What did you think of the storybook scenes? I really liked them. Um, I thought there was a lot of conflict and um, probably a lot of, you know, it was a lot of uh going back and forth between them, which I know some people thought was annoying, but I really liked it. You know, it gives a uh, conflict to the story and um, shows that, you know, at the start of this whole crazy craziness to get back to Emma, um, they had to find the real reason that they needed to band together to find her. And I thought that worked really well. Um, Zelina is a psychopath. I hate her, but I love her at the same time. She's so crazy. She will do anything. Selena. She will do anything to get what she wants. She's so she cut off her own freaking hand. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, but uh, Rebecca Mater does an amazing, amazing job playing her character. Um, but uh, I really liked them bringing in the Beauty and the Beast uh, kind of icon, I guess you can say. Um, I've never been a super huge fan of Rumble in the last few seasons, uh, but I, I thought that was touching, and um, I feel bad for Belle having to carry around that large glass jar everywhere <laughs> it's not that heavy and well, it was so our friend the blue fairy that gave it to her katie shady i don't see i shouldn't trust this i don't trust it <laughs> i do i think she's lovely <laughs> but anyways uh just last thing i wanted to comment comment on um was Hook and Henry's little uh, rogue mission thing was... It was really cute. I love seeing them interact more. Um, the whole time I was kind of like, this is so dumb. Stop doing this. Stop, stop, stop. This is going to end up so badly. But I guess in the end, if they hadn't started that whole thing off, they wouldn't be in Camelot in time to, uh, you know, stop some things from happening. So, um, I guess, good job for messing up <laughs> yeah but i hope we see more of them going on adventures in the future a quick shout out to the severe nurse that now has a name <laughs> her name is nurse ratchet from one flew over the cuckoo's nest which i thought was pretty awesome which they've always said the creators have always said that that's where the inspiration came from for this nurse and it was also great to see the crazy long-haired uh, always <laughs> mopping mental patient who has yeah. no name <laughs> hey you clean this up <laughs> he's, he's probably gonna be the big bad of season five he will probably. be he is the yeah. big bad of the entire series he's the end game oh right exactly him and nurse ratchet have a love affair going <laughs> or maybe not uh, before I get uh, Pimenta's uh, reaction I do want to ask you Ava since you are our Rumbell specialist what did you think of the Enchanted Rose um, I think it was um, well obviously it was something that they needed to add because uh, Beauty and the Beast but the scene was very quick which um, 
I didn't like, so that's why I forgot to even mention it. Uh, it was just Belle sitting, watching over him, and then the next minute, uh, Blue walks in and gives her the rose, telling her, go to Camelot and help these people. And she doesn't even think twice what's going to happen to Rumple while I'm gone, so... I was like, oh, okay, but bringing the rose, which was very iconic, like like they they did with last year, last year's premiere, the, the dance. So they're throwing those small, iconic um, Beauty and the Beast things, I guess. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Pimenta, what did you think of Storybrooke? Did you like the inclusion of this new wand that can open up portals? Well, I thought it was quite interesting. And I have to say that I will actually miss The Apprentice. I really love that guy, and I'm very sad to see him dead. Yeah, they had him uh, inside of a hatch for most of the season. <laughs> Yes, and now he's dead, and I really liked him. I mean, especially in the season four finale, I thought that he was like a Dumbledore to uh, Once Upon a Time's <laughs> Harry, who is Henry. I really, yes. I really love. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was good. <laughs> yes, he was lovely. Ah, oh, poor guy. What a terrible <laughs> fate for him. Anyway. Uh, in regards to Storybrooke, this is where I would uh, need the extra time for the episode. I thought it was uh, rushed, and as Eva said before, the Rose scene was a bit, you know, off in the sense that I would have expected to see a more emotional Belle reacting to Rumble's situation, even though they were, you know, estranged for... Uh, many weeks in the, in season four. Um, I would have also liked to see more of Robin. Uh, when they entered uh, Zelina's cell and... Uh, Zelina, you know what? All right, Zelina needs to stop harassing Robin, all right? She has done enough to the man. And I feel that, yes, I feel that uh, that scene when where she approaches him and touches him and she's like, oh, did my dear husband want to see me? I was like, for God's sake, stop. It's not funny. And uh, I really liked him reacting to that. I really need to see more of his opinion towards what happened between them. And I really, really loved the fact that he could actually tell the second she kissed, uh, he kissed her that uh, back in the Charming Loft that it was not uh, Regina, it was Zelina. I really liked that bit a lot. But I, I thought, thought the line good. right after that was really interesting, how she yes. said that he couldn't tell when it was Marion. So that means that yes. Regina and Robin are more true love than Robin and Marion were, if he couldn't tell the difference between Zelina and Marion. Well, it's not just true love in this particular case, because we know that Robin and Regina are soulmates. I think it's something more than just true love. I mean, he truly loved Marion. Obviously, she, she was his true, his first love, as was Daniel for Regina. 
But in this case, with Robin and Regina, I think they share something deeper. And I really love that. I love that we got to see a small, you know, bit, a small shout out to their connection. I hope we get to see more. And I really loved the, the whole transportation to Camelot through, the, through Jelena's tornado. I, th I thought it was a fantastic scene, actually. How everyone was, um, uh, they got together into grannies, they got ready, and there was this cute little moment between Henry and Roland. Like, yes, he, yes uh, Roland was like uh, being scared and turned to Henry to hug him, and it yes. was so cute. I, mean, I love that kid. We love I, Roland. I really miss that kid. Yes, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't love Roland. Ava hates uh, Roland. I do. What? No, you don't. <laughs> like, wait, get out of here. He's my How baby hobbit. Yes, he is huh. the baby oh, hobbit. Huh. You got me scared for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ava, Ava, don't scare the newbies. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and one last thing that I'd really like to comment was uh, a glimpse of um, a relationship that has been neglected, I think, a bit uh, during the last season that was between uh, Snow and Regina. Uh, in between the whole madness that was going on in Storbrooke, between Zelina casting the tornado, opening the portal, and then all of them getting together into Grammys, prepping to leave, uh, I think that uh, the, the looks Regina and Snow shared, the looks of reassurance that, yes, we are going to find Emma, we are going to do this and we are going to do this together, I thought that was very beautiful. I've missed Mana and Ginny together in scenes, and I really wish that this season we get you will going to get to see more of that uh, relationship. With, that I think it's my personal opinion. I think that this relationship is what actually uh, started the whole show. That's the yeah. basis of the show. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they've kind of been pushed to the wayside, unfortunately, you know, because they have a huge cast. So it has been a yes. while since we've seen uh, Regina and Snow really have like a bonding moment. I mean, I know that they had that really great scene uh, in the episode uh, where uh, um, Regina's mother's ghost oh, type of yes. thing you know emerged. Yes, that was a, a fantastic episode yes yeah i so love that scene. we need more scenes like that so hopefully the writers listen to us and incorporate that into the new season overall i enjoyed the storybook section i know that a lot of you were saying how you wish that there was more time for it i felt like it was a good enough time i didn't feel like they rushed through anything they sort of introduced what they needed to do and they did it so uh i mean as a fan of the show i mean it's always great to have more episodes so i, I would not complain if it was two hours but i felt like they accomplished everything that they needed to do in the time that was allotted and i did enjoy the flashes to the enchanted forest to sort of break up the sort of like the, the tension and, and the tense nature of what was going on in Storybrooke, although the Enchanted Forest did get a bit tense in and of itself. So let's travel to the Enchanted Forest, and we see Emma 
emerge from the uh, Dark One's vault, if I'm not mistaken, because a lot of people on the internet, they compared images from the Dark One's vault when we saw uh, poor Balefire uh, resurrect oh. his father, and basically it, it appeared to be in the same location, except, you know, obviously when we saw it when uh, Rumple came back, it was winter and now it's i don't even know what season it is in in is it spring summer. is it summer who knows uh, while well, we know it's that it's not winter but uh yeah so apparently it's, it, this is the dark one's vault that's where she emerges from and she emerged just like uh rumple did from the goo and uh she's she's got a brand new outfit uh katie our fashionista or maybe not what'd you think of the outfit really quick uh, I really, it was, it was cool, you know, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, it really spoke about how desperate Emma was in those scenes. It was kind of, you know, a, it was really flowy and it kind of hung a little bit and uh, it kind of explains how Emma was feeling in that moment. So that was, you know, I thought it reflected her character well and it was a cool costume. I love seeing Emma in new fairy tale land clothing. And something that was really neat, an interesting trope that they used was that I guess every Dark One in the beginning, as they're learning to be a Dark One, has a guide. There, There's a, a manifestation, a visual manifestation that they can only see and interact with of a previous dark one that basically shows them the rope and and I shows them the ropes and I guess tries to corrupt them and turn them even more dark and once they've embraced the darkness that's when they disappear and to give Robert Carlyle some work because you know he can't just be laying down in a coma Rumpelstiltskin is this guide <laughs> what did you think of Rumpel as the guide Ava since we know the real version of Rumpel is your was this uh, visual manifestation of Rumpel still your boo? Definitely. I mean, he's such a great character. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, giving Robert Carlyle an extra job because obviously his actual character is in coma. So it was great seeing the, the dark one that the audience uh, kind of is used to. Uh, sort of mentor Emma towards the darkness. So that was really great. And I just loved the, as you mentioned, how we basically got to see the struggle, how this darkness kind of makes you, it's a little voice in your head, makes you do bad things. So we sort of kind of saw that with Emma, but not with Rumpel. Kind of, that was a bit disappointing because all the time we thought he did everything. Um, as his own free will, but it wasn't that the case. He probably gave in to darkness quicker than Emma because Emma has light magic in her. Uh, that could be the, the possibility. But yeah, Mabu being the mentor and being all sassy and snarky, the best thing ever. As we continue on in the Enchanted Forest, we saw Emma get tested by the darkness. She nearly kills a peddler who, uh, you know, wouldn't tell her how to get to Camelot. And then we saw this uh, Dark One manifestation trick 
Emma into uh, using some of her Dark One powers by teleporting to a particular location. She's a, you know, this uh, Dark One manifestation basically tells her that you need to find this Will-O-Wisp that will be able to let you know exactly how to get to Camelot. And uh, while she's hunting down a Will-O-Wisp, she meets a brand new character that we're introduced to, and it is the character of Merida from the Disney Pixar film Brave. We actually have two gingers Yay. on the show, so I want to get our gingies' opinions on the ginger that's on the actual show. So, Ashley, what did you think of Merida? The first thing that I loved most about Merida is when she dropped the bow and just said to Emma, Okay, fight me fair and square. I'll fight fair if you will. That she wanted to take on the dark one with her bare fists and that is respect from here go gingers Woo! there you go well i don't know if she thought it was the dark one i think she just thought she was a witch and i don't know if she even knows uh, you know that dark ones exist i don't know if maybe they have that uh story in in her kingdom who knows uh you know maybe she wouldn't have done that if she knew it was the dark one katie our second resident ginger, our original ginger. What'd you think of uh, Merida? Oh, I really liked her. Um, I just recently watched Brave. Um, and I thought Annie Manson did a fantastic job playing her. Um, she was a great character. She has a lot of spunk and um, just, I don't, I don't even know. I just, I really loved her. Um, and I'm, I really can't wait to see more. Uh, I love how she, um, you know, admitted at the end that she does have darkness in her as, in, in her as well, and that she needs to kind of own up to that. And um, that instead of taking the easy route, um, she needs to show those people mercy and um, all this stuff. So um, I really enjoyed her, and I cannot wait to see more. Go gingers. <laughs> Shout out to the gingers. So we're also introduced to the Hill of Stones, which uh, was fantastic to see in uh, the series, because apparently that's where the Will-O-Wisps can be found. And, uh, you know, th there's this whole journey there and and uh in the middle of the night uh, emma's can't sleep because dark ones don't sleep that's why rumple had had done you know this the spinning of uh of a straw into gold and uh as emma's having this conversation with the manifestation of the dark one merit is awake and hearing it and basically she's like telling you know this uh invisible figure you know i'm not gonna kill her this that or the other blah blah, blah. of course merida freaks out and heads to uh, the hill of stones uh, by herself emma approaches and uh, the only way now that emma can uh, have the will-o-wisp is uh, by killing the owner which is now merida so there's this whole thing there's this great sequence where we see emma basically fighting Merida because Merida's, you know, freaked out, you know, shooting arrows at Emma, Emma stopping the arrows, you know, bam, 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 until we get to the point to where this uh, Rumple manifestation has gotten Emma so heated until, you know, she sort of like 
pulls Merida to her, and uh, she's being tempted to, like, rip her heart out. Kill her! That's the only way you can get it! Kill her! Kill her! Kill her! Pimenta, what did you think of this scene? Did you like seeing Emma being tempted by the darkness? Because she's trying to resist, but there's a part of her that's giving in. I found... Uh, I think that this, uh, this scene was very powerful. I really liked it. And I'm a very big fan of Merida and uh, how they've introduced her. For, till now, she seems fantastic. And I loved how she kept shooting Emma, even though she knew that she was not going to hit her. I'm sure she knew. And um, Jennifer Morrison's expression in this particular bit was very telling, I think. She was... She made Emma look like uh, as if she was really struggling uh, that made it. I mean, should I kill her? Should I rip her heart out? No, I, I should not. Should I do it? Should I not? I really liked it. And Rumpelstiltskin uh, right next to her yelling, kill her, kill her. I really loved that. I think it was uh, a great thing uh, in general. Yes. But she doesn't kill her. We see our group of uh, Storybrooke Avengers arrive just in time. Like, literally, just in time. What like, a bad timing. Five, oh, <laughs> five seconds later, Merida would have been toast. Ava, you have to apologize to the gingers on the line. Uh, no. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, I, I apologize for her are gingies but uh, yeah you. so she she almost killed merida but of course she's a recurring character so she can't do that in episode one you know what i'm saying but uh yeah so that we have this uh great uh sort of con conversation between hook and emma basically hook is telling her you know you can't do this this is not you fight the darkness and uh you know because of, of that, you know, and oh, they also had the dagger, so uh, Snow was ready to command her not to do it, but Hook said, no, she's got to do it herself, and uh, Emma did it herself. She plopped Merida's heart back into her chest, and Merida was fine, and then um, Snow, for I don't know what reason, she was getting ready to give the Dark One the dagger, which made no damn sense to me. <laughs> And we can't, uh, uh, we can't, uh, uh, uh. we cannot say that it's pregnancy brain anymore because Snow is no longer pregnant. Maybe it's new mommy brain. I don't know. But that she was, doesn't get enough sleep. Th yes, that's what it is because that was a horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible idea. But Snow, um, it was a plot. Uh, it was a plot hole. It, no, yes. sorry, it was a plot towards making Hook the one to bring her to the light. You know, <laughs> there you go. But fortunately, yes. Emma is smarter than that and decides to give the dagger to Regina because she knows that Regina would not be uh, so influenced by her emotions and she would actually do the right thing at the right time if Emma goes batshit cray cray. So uh, as all this is happening, we see, uh, well, everyone heads to Granny's, which has fallen into you know, just the ground of, uh, I guess, Camelot adjacent or Camelot. And uh, 
Granny's getting the deep fryer up and running and all that kind of stuff when we see the knights arrive and basically Arthur says I'm King Arthur uh, Merlin prophesies this uh, Merlin is is disappeared but we believe that now that you're here you're gonna bring Merlin back to us and uh, come with us and let's party in Camelot so everyone heads over to Camelot which was interesting because I think most of us, or at least some of us here, feel that Arthur is shady, or at least up to nefarious things. So, is it true that Merlin prophesied this? Is it true that Merlin is vanished on his own accord? Did Arthur have something to do with it? Who knows? I guess we'll find that out. But just as they're entering Camelot, something happens. In Storybrooke, we hear a rumble, we see the dwarves out on a patrol, and they're very happy because nothing has happened in Storybrooke, so they haven't had to patrol anything, and they rush back, and Granny's has returned, and our Storybrooke Avengers are in Camelot Couture, they're in their Camelot Finest, and they have no recollection as to how they got back. They, the only thing they remember is that they were walking into the gates of Camelot, and, um, the dwarves that were still there, which I believe it was Sneezy and uh, I don't know who the other one was, but whoever, whatever dwarf you are, let them know that six weeks have passed and in enters dun, 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 a fully transformed emo dark one Emma. And basically she says, you all failed me. You have failed this city. No, no, she's Oops. not Arrow. Yeah, she's not you the Arrow. Have failed city. But she's basically like, you have failed me, and I have the dagger now, and I'm going to cause all of you to suffer for letting me embrace my bad side. Boom. And then she drops the mic. So, <laughs> upon this revelation, what, you know, any final thoughts on the episode? What are you looking forward to seeing, Katie? Okay, well, I really liked the end scene there. Um, I thought it was really powerful um, and showed just the trust that they've all grown um, since season one, especially for Emma and Regina. Um, she trusts her with the dagger. She trusts that she will put any sort of feelings aside to, uh, you know, make a hard decision if need be, and she'll do it quickly. She won't hesitate, whereas... Uh, the charming or her parents and Hook and Henry would hesitate, understandably. She's um, good inside. We can't kill her. I'm sorry, what? No, that's what Snow would say. She's good inside. We can't kill her. <laughs> she may have killed my baby, but we can't kill it's her. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> She's still our daughter. <laughs> she can kill Neil. It's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> and then we're gonna dance. <laughs> Oh, but anyway. Addicted to love. <laughs> no, she did not dance to Addicted to <laughs> she Love. She did. Emma did. <laughs> she actually literally did. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, I really like that scene. It showed a lot of growth um, on all their characters' um, sides. And um, I loved them ending going into um, the castle. That was great. And I am super looking forward to what happens after that. Um, and then regarding the last scene, 
The last scene was one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode. Jennifer Morrison did a fantastic job playing this character, um, this dark one version of Emma. It's something we really haven't seen Emma be this evil, uh, Mm -hmm. this evil yet. And she did such a great job uh, showing us not only in... um, you know, her words, but in her demeanor and uh, body language and just everything was fantastic. And I'm really excited to kind of explore both this storyline where she has already become the Dark One and also where she is becoming the Dark One. So I really like what they set up and I'm excited to uh, see more. Ava? What did you think? We know you I... love the Dark One, a.k.a. Rumpelstiltskin. Did you like the Dark Swan? Yes, the last scene was uh, actually one of my favorite scenes. Um, I just loved the way JMO portrayed the Dark One. She's sort of like... Hashtag JMO. Hashtag JMO, right? <laughs> she sort of added her own, obviously, her own take to dark one but obviously she probably talked to robert about it because her voice changed too which was absolutely fantastic yes she turned uh, scottish not scottish no, no. <laughs> although that would be awesome but my, my favorite scene of the entire episode has to be where um what's his face Arthur pulls the Excalibur out and then he's like, we have to find the other half of it and then it transforms to the dagger. Holy smokes, that was my favorite scene of the entire episode. Um, overall, the episode, the Emma and Rumpel, I guess, um, imaginary Rumpel scenes were absolutely fantastic. I mean, these two were acting like children. Rumpel was like, kill him, kill her. And then she was like, no. And then it was just back and forth, which was awesome yeah so those were some of the things that kept me going through this episode ashley what did you think of the reveal at the end oh jmo's outfit oh tell me about it that is perfect for the dark one from going to those rags from the enchanted forest to going to six weeks later and then all of a sudden emma's got this tricked out new outfit and she's been using her magic from rags to riches exactly So I'm really excited to see, now that we have another, what, probably a memory potion or a memory spell that was used on them again, to find out what happened within those six weeks. Pimenta? So the final scene, yes, uh, I will have to agree with the rest of the girls. Uh, It was definitely one of the most, uh, you know, memorable ones for me as well. I actually loved seeing the whole cast in their Camelot attire in Granny's, inside Granny's uh, diner. I really liked that whole scenery. Everyone was so royal and wondering what happened. I think it was just Grumpy who uh, questioned, why are we dressed like that? I mean, I think that this would be the first thing I would ans- uh, I would ask myself. Why are we dressed like that? Weren't, weren't we just walking down the street? Wearing a regular clothes, what happened? Um, I think JMO was very creepy. She was very creepy as a dark one. Um, 
uh, I like her, but I believe that she needs, well, she needs to work a little bit more with her voice because her whispering voice uh, um, reminds me of Emma's whispering voice and not like uh, something that is completely mm -hmm. the dark swan. But mm -hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I can think that I can see that I can it. see that yeah. Um. I'm not as intimidated by her as I was by the dark one, by Rumpelstiltskin, but I guess that it's just the beginning, and we're going to see much darker moments of her. She turned oh, no, Sneezy to stone! Yes, yes, but I think that was just an exhibit of power. I'm in oh, charge okay. here. Don't, That's nothing. Don't question me. <laughs> Maybe when she turns the yes. baby to stone. Don't sneeze on me. Oh, God. Oh, God. Not Please turn baby. the baby into stone. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stone Why? babies. Didn't you, didn't you see his cute little friends? He was so cute. They showed him in it for a couple of seconds only, but he was cute. Uh, yes, all in all, the episode was fine, like I said in the beginning. Um, there were bits I didn't like. There were others I really enjoyed, but uh, yes, I... I will stick to my initial opinion and say that it was a, a solid episode in general. My final thoughts on the episode and the twist at the end. In the beginning, when we found out that Emma was going to be going dark, I was very worried about how they were going to present Emma because, you know, we have a character that's been the hero throughout day one, you know, from the very beginning, and all of a sudden now she's the villain. I think that they're doing a decent job with it so far. She wasn't cartoony. She she did appear to be a genuine threat to our heroes. So I think I kind of like Dark Emma thus far. And I also like Dark Emma because she's going to give Regina a chance to shine. Because now she can be the quote-unquote savior and save everybody from Dark Emma, maybe, potentially. The one gripe that I had that I mentioned at the beginning that I want to go into now is, again, the memory's gone, and Snow even said yes. it, so that means that the writers know that everyone was going to be like, again. Katie and I had this whole discussion of it, and Katie's perfectly fine with it, she's happy with it, but I have an issue with that, because... Much like they kept on repeating curses and another curse and another dark curse, and now you ha who has who's going to cast the dark curse and who's going to rip whose heart out and this that or the other. Much like they kept on repeating that. Much like they kept on repeating sleeping curses because they ha everyone ended up getting into a sleeping curse and getting into that fiery pit of hell. You know, now it's everyone's going to get their memories wiped out. And I just, I don't know, I just find that kind of annoying. Like, Emma had her memory wiped out at one point. The Snow Queen was wiping everybody's memories out. The, um, the uh, Wicked Witch was wiping people's memories out. You know, I mean, the only thing that I can see why maybe they're wiping their memories out is because maybe they found out a way to stop her. Maybe they were ready to stop her from transforming. And, uh... You know, they can't remember that because obviously they do it once they get to Storybrooke. So, but if it isn't that, then I really just don't see the point of them, like, not having their memories. They could have easily have been disappeared for six weeks. Maybe they, they didn't find out. Maybe they had some little clues as to how to find out, how to stop her. But really, you're going to wipe their memories again. Yeah. 
Even May snow chip says, in I'm like, completely on your side with that. Um, with we have this whole world of magic, and there are we other only magical have things that can happen. And forgetting potions and all that. Exactly, there are other magical things that can happen. So yay! So everyone's on my side, and everyone's against Katie. Woo-hoo. Well, y'all suck. That's why. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a side. I agree as well. I agree I'm as well because the writers. The writers do not know how to handle uh, missing memories, I think. I mean, we still do not know what happened in that damn missing year in the Enchanted Forest. And That is true. We never really saw the full yeah. year, did we? There are probably a lot of interesting things that we could have seen. Well, now that Zelina is a series regular, they can always go back and, and do stuff. That, I hope so. I, I definitely hope so. I doubt it. I think they've moved past that if they haven't discussed it in, in a full season. But it is unfortunate that they, that's something that they could have... Uh, done more with at some point but i don't know we'll see how it goes i am very interested in seeing what happened in camelot and i guess we'll have to see how this uh you know this forgotten memories thing ended up occurring but uh, i just feel like it's a trope that they've used too often they always have these things that they just milk you know, so much out of until, you know, they figure out something else to do. And then once they find the new thing, then they'll be doing that a couple times before they find another new thing. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, you know, definitely I will withhold judgment until we see the entire story. So, uh, Katie, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Yes, it is. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, for all of these spoilers that you're going to be hearing, and a ton more, you can always check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybrookweeklymirror. And you can also visit my site at storybrookmirror.com. We're always always posting on the latest up-to-date news um, and spoilers, casting stuff, photos, everything. So you'll be kept up to date if you want to be. Um, So the first uh, little uh, thing I want to get to is they did release two episode spoilers or episode title spoilers this week. Um, That would be for episode eight and nine. The eighth episode title is Birth, and it is written by David H. Goodman and Jerome Jerome Schwartz. And the ninth episode title is The Bear King, written by Andrew Chamblis. Um, So both of those episodes, uh, just to refresh your memory, are going to be filmed at the same time. So it's making it incredibly hard for us to distinguish which uh, set set spoilers are um, taking place at which episode time. But um, we're getting super close to the mid-season finale um, with uh, spoilers for those episodes. Um, So expect a lot of stuff to start going down. Um, But so far, uh, we think it's for the eighth episode. which is birth. Um, there was a boy who was filming in a red outfit, um, who people have said resembles, um, the young King Arthur from 
Sorcerer's Apprentice, I think it was, who pulled the sword no, out of the... Uh, no, it wasn't Young Your King homework either. was to watch The Sword in the Stone, Katie, who? and you failed us. Well, guess what? I don't have any time. I worked like 24-7 this week. Okay, well then you are <laughs> you are forgiven. But okay. it's, it's Young King Arthur from The Sword in the Stone. That's what I said. No, you said from The Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's a whole oh other thing. That's with Mickey. That's what I meant, the sword in the stone. That's a, that's what I meant. I knew I knew what I was talking about. My mouth didn't connect with my brain at that moment. Yes. So anyway, it looks like a young King Arthur from the sword in the stone. Um, so that's interesting. Maybe we'll be getting some of his uh, um, backstory in that in the eighth episode or the ninth episode. We're not sure which one it is. Um, also, uh, um, they're still filming a bunch of scenes in the Enchanted Forest, or, sorry, in Camelot and in Storybook at this point. Um, let's see. Also, there really hasn't been a lot of information that's come out, but they did say that when Ruby and Mulan return... They will be explaining what they've been up to rather than just saying that they've, you know, they've been off sitting in a corner watching everything happen or off on their own little, you know, adventure that we're not going to hear about. So they are going to explain what's been going on with them, which is great to me because they kind of just disappeared off the face of the planet and yeah. nobody knows what they've been doing. Um, so that I'm glad to hear that. Um also, they kind of hinted that Granny and Ruby may wolf out at some point, which is great because I always love seeing Ruby um, in her uh, wolf form. What about um, Granny in her wolf form? Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> yes, always Shout Granny. out to Granny. Granny's amazing. Um, also, this kind of just recently came out, but Mulan or Jamie Chung, who plays Mulan, was seen filming um, recently. So she will be in either the 8th or the ninth episode. Again, I can't tell specifically which one it is because they're filming at the same time and it's really, really frustrating yes. for me. <laughs> which makes it very exciting for you as a so blogger. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> but anyways... Um, you'll go back and you'll fix the tags, maybe. Exactly. Maybe, possibly. Probably not, but you know. <laughs> for now, it's a mystery. Um, also, I think that's really all that came out, but... Um, if you haven't yet, make sure you see the promo for the second episode coming up. Um, also, they did release a sneak peek for the next episode, which is fantastic. Um, make sure you find that um, on our site um, and watch it if you're okay with being spoiled for the next episode. Okay, so for ratings for Sunday night's episode, we got a 1.8 in the demographics which is not that bad. I know it sounds terrible. It sounds really bad. Um, especially compared to last season's premiere, which I can't remember the numbers, but I think it was three point something. Um, but we have to remember that um, last season premiere had a humongous Frozen lead-in. Um, Frozen was super popular at that time, and they did a great deal to promote that they were going to be on the show so that's why they had kind of a surge for last season's premiere um i think last 
season's finale got a 1.8 in the demographics initially. I think it did adjust up to a 1.9. So um, we really did match um, last season's finale, which isn't bad. Um, I think ABC did kind of a really... I, I mean, any show on Sunday night did didn't do that great at all. So... Um, just keep watching live if possible. Um, you can watch Especially on if you're a Nielsen uh, viewer. Especially. That is super important. Um, I don't think... It doesn't count if you're not a Nielsen viewer, but it doesn't hurt to watch live anyway. Um, also, you can watch via your DVR without skipping commercials. Um, preferably before 8 p.m. the next morning or the next on Monday night. Um, also, they have said that if you watch... Uh, the shows on On Demand, Hulu, ABC, iTunes, anything that's legal, they will that will count towards overnight ratings as well. So make sure you do that, and let's hope that we can uh, kick this uh, rating up um, a notch in the um, overnights. Definitely. Yeah, listeners, sort of... Calm down for a minute, because I know that the ratings don't sound fantastic, especially when I think a lot of us are used to hearing shows getting like 15 million total viewers and that kind of thing. If you actually looked at Sunday night as a whole, not just ABC, but the four major broadcast networks, Once Upon a Time's demo, which is 18 to 49 viewers, which is what the advertisers look at, which is the most important thing that the networks look at, it tied uh, for second in as far as scripted series. I believe ABC's premiere of Quantico got 1.9, then once got a 1.8, and something else on another network also got a 1.8. It might have been like the CSI finale or something like that, but it tied something else. So... It wasn't phenomenal, but it isn't horrible. And uh, networks take everything into consideration, you know, as far as, you know, streaming and DVR and how that show does comparing to other shows on other networks and how that show does compared to shows on its own network and that kind of thing. So everyone Mm -hmm. calm down. It's not going to get canceled in like five days. Cool your jets, everyone. It, it'll be fine. This is a show that's in its fifth year. Uh, shows on network television typically go down in ratings year to year. So I think we're doing fine. As long as we stay above a 1.0, we should be good. Yep. A 1.0 in the key demographic, that is. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, can you please wish the listeners a good night? Have a good, good night, night, guys. Night. night. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. Bye.